Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi everyone, Ioni and Gina here and we're so excited to be presenting a brand new episode of our podcast series Exploring Modern Identity. Made in collaboration with Monkey, The Skin You're In explores what it means to be alive today and the biggest issues affecting our generation. From online activism, marginalised people in the workplace and representation of bodies, we want to know where the conversations are at and what we can do to move them forward. We're talking to the people at the forefront of these issues, enacted change through their work and their lives. So, wow, a sneaky episode. A cheeky cheeky monkey episode. Cheeky cheeky cheeky. We are speaking today to... Megan Mercury. Who is the winner of our Queer Creative Fund. So if you have missed what we've been posting about on socials or on the website or even on the podcast, we mentioned it a couple of times before the summer break. We've been working on a Queer Creative Fund to offer one recipient a cash-like grant mentorship sessions with us podcast episode which you are listening to now a cover of the dollhouse and yeah it's just been bloody great news really so do you want to introduce mcgain a bit g yeah mcgain's a madrid based photographer of color their um work revolves very much around their life as a queer person of color in spain and their community so they not only use their photography work and also they're like a multi-media artist so they're like I think they do drag. They have an album out. They have like so many different avenues of queer expression. And the way that we've worked with them is for like an editorial where they have um, taken images of their literal community, their friends, the queer people of colour in Spain are underrepresented. And even like the larger world, I think, underrepresented in mass media. So they're like such beautiful, beautiful shots. And Megan's such like an interesting and like inspiring person to speak to. They've got so many like, great views on community and that's kind of like what our podcast episode ended up being totally about yeah and I think especially like obviously we're quite far out of pride month now but it still feels really recent and I think especially this year everyone was kind of sick of like the normal commodified pride content where it was just like the same things and people from the same place and like the same banks saying the same stuff same same how many times am I gonna say same (laughs) like hey gay do you want some rainbow socks yeah exactly 
Although I did really enjoy all the TikToks about like going to Target and seeing their Pride collection and stuff and it just being the most ridiculous stuff. Yeah, I saw someone saying that it doesn't apply to like Flying Tiger and I was like, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I think this was just really refreshing to like do a project during that time, but that wasn't this like didn't have those icky feels, I suppose. Yeah, and I think it, I really, really enjoyed it because it made me think about like queer community. Not that I didn't think about it, but maybe I didn't about queer communities in other parts of Europe and in other countries that aren't like we always talk about. And we had a piece on the Dollhouse about how Pride is so like US focused, but I guess in a way like it's also very UK focused, and we've got a privilege within that of like our queer community being like uplifted and talked about and seen through like a global lens as the Pride, the queer culture so it was really interesting to talk to Megan about Spanish queer culture. Let's go into the interview and we can talk more afterwards. Here <laughs> is the interview. Hiya. Hey. Hi. How is everyone? Hot. Yeah. <laughs> Boiling. Too hot. <laughs> Gina do you want to start? Um. Yeah I'm gonna jump in the deep end I think because I've just like finished reading the feature that goes along with the editorial you've done for us and in it you're kind of talking about how community is harder to find in Spain for people of color and I think does that do you think that makes community even more important to you um yeah because I think that um it's been a long time like since when you're like a kid here to when you're grow you grow up that you don't know other um people of color sometimes or maybe you do but if you're queer it's like sometimes you don't get like to to have that really that sense of community or that you feel linked completely to any any kind of group let's say so so yeah i think it's it's so important to me like uh and the um, spanish context is the one of the reasons why a community is so important so obviously we've kind of like just come out of global pride month which i feel like a lot of people have complicated feelings towards And I'm interested in kind of your perspective as someone who lives in like Central Europe in Spain, because a lot of Pride content in particular can seem like very US focused or British focused. Yeah, I mean, I think um, that um, queer culture in general uh, is like so focused in like in in US uh, or even in UK. Also, like you can also see that like in in here uh, where let's say that people knows uh names uh like uh Marsa P. Johnson, Silvia Rivera, etc. like before knowing our own history, you know what I mean? Also especially like for people of color, like there is there is no like precedence of people that were here like that are queer people of color, at least not notable or at least I don't know them yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so uh for us, it's like, um, as I say always, it's like uh, we are like creating our own references. We are like being our own uh, reference to each other. And actually, during the project, they were saying like a lot of them, uh, a lot of the artists that were uh, in the project, they were saying that like that my reference are my friends. Uh, I don't have like anyone else before me or something, you know. So I'm interested in maybe for anyone that hasn't seen your cover yet or hasn't read the feature, if you could introduce your project for us a little bit 
but also like what kind of made you want to apply for the creative fund and why it was like something that you wanted to do basically and so well i, I saw the 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 post of the pre-creative fund and uh, i like a lot like there i liked uh, a lot a lot the um, the magazine and so i said well i can try it <laughs> and let's see if it happens my cover is about 10 queer poc artists and them like just talking about their work but the the editorial was a bit about community about friends of mine about people that i love and i respect and i admire and that i love their work and so um that's how it started <laughs> and how how I proceeded uh, to do the cover. So I think it's interesting because I think even the word community has become like quite commodified and like brands use it to talk about their followers or influencers use it to talk about their followers. So how do you kind of like distinguish a meaningful community from a hollow or like inauthentic one? I think to me, community means like, having a network, you know what I mean? Like in which you, especially between artists, you recognize the work of other artists and want to work with them and want them to succeed also. And you want to support them and to push them uh, as much as you want. And not only an agrupation of people. Also, like we take care of each other. We, I don't know, when we have a problem, like, we try to solve it to solve it each other if we can. Oh no! Like to me, it means more than followers or um, anything related to that. Yeah, definitely. I think like we touched on how the community in Spain can be like a bit harder to come by. So, what would your advice be for people who maybe aren't like in cities, aren't in like central locations where it's easy to come across like your people? Like, how would you advise? them to go forward and, and start a community or, or find their place in one? Well, in my case, I'm a person that if I see something that I like, I don't mind like to go alone, literally. So it's like, it's <laughs> like whenever I want to go, I always tell my friends like, mm, well, like if you want to go, I don't mind. I'm going to go by myself. You know what I mean? And so I think that's one of the reasons that maybe I've been able to know a lot of people. And also like, I think... People who are like, um, I don't know, who may like you, they even if they don't know you, they sense that you can get along, you know what I mean? And so sometimes these kind of connections just happens, uh, like going to, I don't know, exhibitions, to parties, to whatever, like whatever you want, whatever you're interested in, because it lets you know like more artists, and then you can follow them on their social media. Maybe they see your work and they like it. And then, like, yeah, they start, like, relationships in that way also. Uh, and so my advice would be, like, uh, to go places, like, literally to go places. <laughs> Try, I don't know, to know some people. Yeah, I think, e like, even more so now after all the lockdowns and stuff, it must be even harder for people that haven't found their communities in real life to go and find them because even leaving the house feels intimidating sometimes. So then putting yourself out there is like doubly as hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you think that like social media has changed how we view community and also like representations of queerness? Well, I think that for one part, the media gives you like a platform where you can go like to, you can discover other things, you can 
as I did, like apply to these kind of things that are not in my country and still doing something, you know what I mean? And so I think it has, uh, I mean, it has uh, negative repercussions, but also it has like positive repercussions, especially for people that don't have like an, imme an immediate place where you can go to do some things. Like there, there are places where there is no like queer clubs or queer things <laughs> in general, you know what I mean? And so it's like, well, you can use internet like to do your thing and try, I don't know, like try to reach like mm, to other achievements, places, etc. What would you say that some of the negative repercussions that you mentioned are? For artists, uh, I think it's like we are like, how to say this? We feel like we have to produce all the time. Like there's like some capitalist like uh, dynamics going on there. And also like with our bodies, like how it affects us, like all the social media, which ones are the bodies that are accepted uh, in which spaces, etc. And also like for the artists, like about how it fosters competition also between artists. Um, I think those ones would be like the negative, like there, is, there are a lot, <laughs> like, but, uh, but I think all that also there is a lot of goodness, like through media apps. And I think it's important to know, like, how to use your social media not to be affected mentally. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention about competition. Like, I feel like that's such a real thing, especially amongst artists that are maybe marginalized, that we've been kind of like spun this lie that there's only so much space for everyone. So then it breeds competition a bit. So how do you kind of like, what would be your tips or like, how do you personally break through that, like, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com competition or sometimes jealousy or whatever because I feel like that gets in the way of community a bit when people are working in competition with each other yeah I mean I think I, I think that that's why community is so important in the way that if you don't think of yourself as yourself but as you and your friends or other people that you might be interested in maybe you don't like I mean next time you see someone has done something you say okay you can be like envious, but envious in a way that's saying, I wish I would have done that. You know what I mean? And I think like putting it from this perspective is like pretty much helpful than the other way around, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, definitely. I think jealousy is just more of a comment really, but I think jealousy is just like such a natural emotion that people like shy away from. Like people always see jealousy as like a negative, but you can definitely like spin it into a positive, like you said. Yeah, 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 I think so. Like, also, like, I mean, it is so difficult, like, if you are in media, like, not to compare yourself to others, like, uh, it's something that we all are going to do, like, at some point. And depending on how are you at that moment, it can be, like, better or worse. But I think that knowing that that can happen and being able to think in another way whenever you can, whenever you're ready, whenever you're not too tired <laughs> to do it. I think those are the things that are 
that are going to keep you like let's say alive in a way also because all this thing like with jealousy and competition and stuff like makes you also make make up make us like um follow trends in general like in terms of aesthetics concepts that, that we can like uh work on etc 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 and maybe because of jealousy like you are losing yourself like and not and you're not like doing doing you yeah. <laughs> basically i also think there's like this idea of like it's like hashtag girl boss culture where like success is seen as the pinnacle of art now or like being like seen commercially is seen as the pinnacle of success with art when really art shouldn't be seen in that way do you agree mm, i don't think like uh going commercial is like uh equal to success uh i also know that i mean if you're an artist like you have to eat you have to pay your things and so having commercial jobs like can help you but also like knowing that you can use also your resources to do other things outside the commercial scenario and i think that that like under this capitalist system that we cannot get out of it it's like one of the best things like you can do in a way that okay sometimes you're gonna do things that maybe you don't like that much but it's like okay, you're going to need the money for this and you're going to do a project that is going to be meaningful. So, yeah, you're risking this for that and knowing, like, I mean, little by little, uh, when your work uh, grows and stuff, I think, and I hope to me also, that is like, well, I can stop doing some some things that I don't want to do anymore and still doing my projects, you know what I mean? And I think, to me, like, that's success for real, like, in a way that, okay, I went to all these that I didn't want to do, or maybe you want to do like some commercial stuff. I mean, just do whatever. But I went to all these that I didn't want to do, but now like I'm established in a way that I know that I know that I can pay like everything, mostly everything I want to do or whatever. And now I can only do like my projects and I'm gonna be okay too. So I think is I think that's my goal, like in a way that okay, I can do this project and I don't have to be worried about my bank account all the fucking time so do you think that the internet has like helped people that don't live in like for example america or england find more opportunities or do you think it's quite like insular like you're more working within like the spanish ecosystem rather than the international one yeah i think it has helped uh, a lot of people it is true that when you are not like from a country that are considered like uh, i don't know like us or uk something like this big like that you know like everyone knows the imagery or everyone want to go to those places you know like to be there and to do some things like it is notable like when you are from another country in this case spain there is not like many i mean you realize that there is not like many spanish people like in general like in an international scope and especially like underground artists and things like that and so, um, yeah, I mean, I think depends on the country that you're coming from. Maybe, I mean, you can be lucky or you can be like so hardworking and you get an opportunity and then people get to know you and stuff. But yeah, like, I mean, I think it helps us to go to like internationally maybe or to get to meet any other kind of artists. But it's also like, more difficult than if you are not like in one of those in one of these countries do you think that you can have then an authentic like international community do you think that is possible or do you think you have to see people regularly for it to count as a community i think it's possible in the way that for instance here in spain 
there is always like people of color like coming maybe from other countries like they come to Spain especially like people from Latin America like coming to Spain and they already know queer people like and sometimes like you start to connect with other people and you never know what's going to happen in a way that well we are not in the same country or um, not even in the same continent continent but maybe i don't know this guy do like graphic design or whatever and i'm thinking about a project and maybe counting with that with this with this guy is like a way in which you say okay i recognize your work i love what you do i love your people get into this project you know what i mean and so i think this kind of things this kind of connections makes possible like let's say an international community in a way yeah definitely so obviously as part of your um project we did like some mentoring with you like not just us but also monkey and radam and i'm interested in it doesn't have to be from the mentor sessions it can be from anywhere <laughs> what's the most like useful piece of advice you've ever been given in relation to like creativity or community or both of those things together mm-hmm. I, I don't know <laughs> I don't know um, I know what I mean I don't know but what I always say <laughs> is that um, I mean the reason like why I started like what I want to do these things and why I started like doing like more artistic things and all myself and all by myself mostly it was because I knew that Depending on who you are, like, and your identity, like, sometimes, uh, you're not gonna be in other people, like, maybe projects or whatever. And so I said, okay, uh, if nobody, like, is calling, I'm gonna do me. I'm gonna do my thing. And I'm not gonna care about if this is like this new brand, uh, is the one that is everyone using or whatever. I'm just gonna work on my concepts and believe in my work and, not being afraid of saying like okay i want to apply to this or to that and yeah like basically like do you thank you megan thank you gorgeous and you should definitely go check out their cover and all of the stuff that they've done for the dollhouse because it's absolutely amazing but yeah as i was kind of saying before i think it's weird as well how like over the past couple of years or like maybe half a decade i don't know we've kind of like adopted this global pride month because when I was growing up it was like <laughs> that makes me sound like I'm 100 but like 10 years ago even yeah it was very much like you know I grew up in Brighton so there's Brighton pride but then like London pride was the month before and then Manchester pride was like a different month and it was just all summer basically but each city had their like different thing and it wasn't this big like globalized project kind of thing yeah therefore because Cardiff pride month's like the end of August Pride Month, Pride Weekend is like the end of August, start of September. So it was kind of like when summer was dwindling down for me, and I'd always think of it in that regard as like the end of summer, as of one big like I was gonna say gay bash then, but that sounds shocking. <laughs> one like celebration before like we all go back to like school and like being adults and being boring in autumn. Same. So it was like weird that it became like this june month like that's not kind of like the vibes that i associate with it and then when i moved to manchester it's the same i was at the end of august and salt surprise at like the start of august so yeah i think it's it's a lot to do with just being able to like if you commercialize if you slot it down to that month then it becomes the thing that they're able to sell you stuff specifically for it mm-hmm. because celebrating it at the same time like that's why i was gonna say that's why christmas is in december but that's not <laughs> <laughs> yes well apparently jesus wasn't actually born in december so you might yeah, be right yeah. Yeah, I think, like, my point is that, like, they moved Christmas 
like Christ's birth to Christmas because it was already like a time of celebration. It was easy to just assimilate it into that. And like, I'm not comparing pride to Jesus because there's like so many depths to the <laughs> comparison. But like, it's always, it just goes to show like it's always been the way that like tying things together that aren't necessarily like neat in a box like pride in manchester is very different to pride in london and even different to pride in wales pride in cardiff even so i feel like tying it all together robs it of it's like revolutionary power as well as making it like capitalist but we've gone a bit off topic here because we're talking about space but- yeah let's wrap it up there but thank you everyone for listening and thank you to monkey for being excellent partners for this project and thank you to eugenia and thank you aoni and we will see you after our summer break and also thank you to olivia for editing this podcast and we miss you loads yeah i love you olivia we love you bye, bye.